Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. You haven't experienced this in me. We've talked. We've talked quite a lot uh-huh, uh-huh. about doing a guitar safari with the podcast, and and I yes. have said that I want to do that, but I I'm secretly nervous as well because I'm not a very good person to be around in guitar space. <laughs> I'm not because I get very frustrated very quickly and want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's kind of like I got to look around at all these things and go. You know, there's no point in me being here. I can't have any of them. It's not. It's done for. <laughs> Greetings, welcome to this week's Guitar Smarts podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is going to be the last show of 2021. As we go into the new year, Kieran and I have spent some time this week discussing the things that we've learned and enjoyed the most about the last year doing this podcast and as guitarists as well. Um, and we're trying to think about what we're looking forward to in the new year, what we're going to take with us and improve upon and what we're going to change. And, you know, as guitarists, we want to still feel the drive to get better and to improve as musicians and that's what we've been talking about this week thank you so much to everyone uh, that's been on the show this year as well really grateful for all our guests um, Andy Rudd Damien Lodrick Matt Lake Matt Long Rory Harvey and of course more recently Mr Richard Shaw you guys have been fantastic and we're going to get you on the show again in 2022 so as usual if you want to find out more information about us come and follow us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram Uh, if you want to support the show you can buy merch from us on our Etsy store or you can donate to us using our buymeacoffee.com forward slash guitar smarts and one of the best things you can do to support the show as always is to like and share with your friends and also leave a rating or a review in your favourite podcast app anyway Merry Christmas to you all hope you've had a wonderful time this holiday season looking forward to seeing you guys in January 2022 that's enough from me let's get to it How are you doing, me old man? You well? <laughs> I am very, very well. Fantastic. I am. Uh, I am on the final countdown for, uh, for really? my cr- my Christmas break. Yeah. So yeah. is today your last day? It is. It is. Oh. Fantastic. It is. It absolutely Fantastic. is. Yeah. yeah. How about you? I've got a week yet. I'm working through till Christmas okay. Eve, which is fine though, because I think uh, it'll quieten down next week. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, some of my yeah. team members are off, so I can't really be off, but I've got between Christmas and New Year. New, 
Blah, blah, blah. I've got between Christmas and New Year off, so I'm good. I'm good. Um, nice. And yeah, things are good, man. I'm just doing my usual check. Just check behind you there, make sure there's no guitars. No, just, no. nothing, nothing, nothing new. Uh, not although... that I know. Not, not, <laughs> not that. Um, not that you haven't been tempted this week, right? <laughs> oh, I've been really tempted this week. Uh, yesterday. Like you cannot believe how close, I, and you didn't help in what no, in, in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> egg, egging me on, uh, sending you pictures, going, "Look at this! This is a uh, this is a beauty," and it is. Yeah, so I found uh, <clears throat> I found a Japanese Strat uh, in uh, Lake Placid Blue um, with a rosewood board and uh, vintage specs on it, and it's in near mint condition. It is it is used, but like it's one year old and it's basically yeah. mint and actually the price of it mate was was really reasonable there yeah. so they're, they're selling brand new if you can get them because uh, japanese strats are difficult to get in this country although it, yeah. it looks like there's been a, an, a run of them into the uk uh in the last year or so because um some of the bigger guitar shops are stocking them but they're going for anywhere between a thousand pounds to twelve hundred pounds so like yeah. fifteen hundred dollars or, or so um and the one that i saw on this website that i showed you is going for 750 pounds so you know it's, so it, and money. That's, that, that's a nice that's a that's actually a really decent saving on on what is effectively a mint mint guitar in quite a rare color as well you can't buy that Lake Placid Blue over here, at least as a stock yeah. color uh, on the on the Japanese strats. So, yeah, I'm just getting I'm just getting into a, into a bigger and bigger fascination and love affair with Japanese made guitars from from different outfits. I mean, the Fender Japanese strats have got their own kind of uh, synonymous reputation and aura around them, but um, there's so many great Japanese uh, builders out there doing some really cool, really cool stuff. Yeah, you say you know you, you're saying you, you're growing into this fascination, but I, I think you, it's really a hole, isn't it? You're digging, it is. digging a deep, deep hole. <laughs> There's like this 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 kind of mysticism around it because over here in the UK, um, we don't get a lot of uh, Japanese uh, uh, instrument brands, at least in comparison to the wealth that exists, right? Ibanez and all of that. Yeah, sure. But there is a whole like kind of other side to the Japanese guitar market where a, a lot of incredible stuff is being produced, but predominantly for their domestic market yeah. and so so a lot of it doesn't ever leave their shores um or if it does it's kind of it, it's being sold in in kind of asian markets um so but when you try some of this stuff and you do get hold of it some some of it over here uh, like the fujigen stuff or the stuff that comes out of the divisier guitars uh, like bacchus and stuff and you try yeah. it and you go wow these are really really beautiful guitars um i think it's probably the rarity of them that's making it so appealing to me same with a, with a Japanese Fender Strat it's like why am I obsessed with Japanese Fender Strat I can go and get an American Strat or a decent Mexican made Strat I think it's just the fact that they're rare in this country to get a Japanese one that you I just think go oh, I, want like, it, I want it more now <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it's like a complex form of fear of missing out yeah, it? yeah. You know, it's kind of I know yeah. we get all these fantastic guitars here but there's some fast, fantastic guitars we don't get how do I get those yeah, how, <laughs> I, I, I want those ones now it's just, exactly. like I can go get an American Strat like easily, yeah, and, and exactly. that's arguably a better, arguably I think a better instrument than a Japanese Strat. Mm. Or is it? 
question. Or is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let me tell you something. I did something for the first time this week. That I, well, yeah. that's not true. I've done something this week that I haven't done for a very long time. Uh, I bought Guitarist magazine. Ooh. Have you ever bought Guitarist magazine? I'm sure you have. Oh, mate. Uh, I used that, that was like my my Bible. Um, yeah. But we, we've spoken about this, right, in previous episodes. Like, yeah. growing up, trying to learn guitar, trying to learn more about guitar gear. Um, we didn't have... Oh, my God, we're going to sound really old now. <laughs> we, 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 oh, I didn't want to do this so we early in the, epi- in the episode. But we didn't have the internet. We didn't, we didn't have the yeah, listeners. Exactly. We did not have the internet. Um, so, and we're not that old, right? We're in our... Yeah. Well, yeah, we're old enough, but we're, we're, not, we're not that old, right? So, guitar mag- guitarist magazines were, were the thing that, that we used, right, and utilised, as well as, as well as listening to recordings and, and trying to learn by ear. Yeah. I think have I bought a guitar magazine in recent times? I, w- I will maybe uh, treat myself to one if I'm going on a long haul flight um, as something to read uh, in the air. Yeah. That's probably the only time I buy a guitar magazine now. So with the with the with the blessing that is COVID and having been grounded and not doing any long haul flights for for ages, no, yeah. I haven't. In, in, in answer to your yeah. question, I <laughs> that was about that was about three years ago. You asked. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> sorry. It's all right. Uh, can you tell I'm on the wind down for Christmas? Then? Yeah, I know. Although when this episode comes out, uh, it'll be after Christmas, it'll not just because of my. Yeah, not, it'll, not it'll, it'll kind of be the day after Boxing Day when this comes yeah. out. But we're recording it a week from Christmas Eve, so we're kind of in the same kind yeah. of time, you know. Um, but any, I wanted just to speak because I, I mean, nothing's really changed. I kind of gone. I, I bought this magazine last night, and I've, I've gone through it a little bit today, and I kind of thought, you know, guitar publication is still pretty much the same. Right, same guys running Guitarist magazine. You know the same people writing, and that's not a bad thing. You know, but mm-hmm. um, it feels very familiar. Yeah, but one that's of the nice. main reasons I bought it is because um, it came with a, a, a t- 2022 Guitarist calendar, right? Which is which is <laughs> nothing less. Please, than... Please tell me it's not pictures of Neville Martin on the beach. <laughs> That's it, yes. Neville Martin and, and Dave Burlock in, in bikinis. Um, anyway, so it's this calendar is nothing short of pornographic, really, from a guitar point of view. You know? uh, and there's some no. amazing, except for the Murphy Lab stuff, um, but uh, there's some amazing <laughs> guitars, just pictures of guitars. I, I love a, it. sounds sad, really, but I love a calendar of great pictures. That's one of the things, actually, I've always loved about guitarist magazines mm. is... Um, photographically, they oh, represent yeah. everything so beautifully. Yeah, um, regardless of, of of the review that they give, everything always looks amazing. Um, but I've got to bring your attention to something, right? And um, and it is Miss May. So Miss gonna, May in the calendar, which which to which cheeky one visit? <laughs> so Miss May, and actually the same picture is on the front of the calendar because it's that right. But Miss May is a Patrick James Eggle uh-huh. uh, Macon single cut, which. Is basically his um, his version of a handmade f- uh, quilt top Les Paul, I guess you would call it that type of guitar, and it is just. I You're mean, teasing just, me now. Show I, me I the just, picture. Show just, me the picture. 
<clears throat> yeah, that's a top, isn't I've it? I've never seen anything that looks as beautiful as that in that kind of form. I mean, that was even as beautiful as any PRS you could see. Oh, sure. It looks like it's moving. It looks like it's moving, <laughs> doesn't it? The, uh, it's incredible. The, I've never... It just... Yeah. It doesn't do it justice looking at it through Zoom, um, like I'm showing you. And I will put a picture as best as I can up on the social media so that our listeners who are listening to this and, and going, oh my God, I want to see this guitar that Matt's raving about. I'm going to put a picture up of it. Um, yeah, but you can also go to Patrick James Eggles' website. There's another British luthier, actually, that we didn't speak about a few weeks ago, mm. um, who deserves something said about him, because he's been around for a long time, Yeah, uh, Mr. Eggle, producing beautiful guitars, and he still produces fantastic yeah. guitars. His yeah. workshop only produces about 20, 20 guitars a month, yeah. um, still in the UK, but everything it just looks to be utterly perfect. And that is just one of the most beautiful... I mean, that, that quilted maple top on this guitar, it looks like it's moving. It looks like moving it does. water. It's Doesn't amazing. It? I can I can tell that from the zoom picture. There's yeah. a the, you can see the depth of the, of the wood grain. It just yeah, isn't that's incredible? Just beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. Anything that looks as good as that. I mean, I've I've stared at that a number of times today. And thought, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, but, yeah. but it is a sexy. It is a sexy mention. thing. It and, is a sexy and thing. And of course, in a in a super equally frustrating and predictable way, as the months <laughs> go on, the guitars get more desirable. And I'm doing yes. little, you know, quotation marks here. So, what do you think is December's? Um, is it is it, a, is it a Gibson Murphy lamp? <laughs> no, that's November. <laughs> Oh, oh something no, more. I'm wrong. That's October. Oh, so, so there's two two more things, presumably more desirable than a yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a, it's an actual 59 and an actual oh, 54. Well, so a 59 well, less ball, 54 strap. But there you go. You know, I'm kind of like, Ugh, dude, move on. You know, the, people are making better guitars than those vintage guitars, but we revere them because they're the originals, right? And yeah. I, I understand why they're revered. I understand why the the holy grail of guitars for a lot of people. But I think that's at the. I think. I think that is a kind of distraction from things that are happening now, you know, like that Patrick James Eggle guitar, which I'm sure is as good, if not a better playing experience than anything you could buy. You know, so I just I feel like I constantly have this frustration. And we talked on text this week about mm. Murphy Lab briefly again. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> when I when I managed to find online a, an actual vintage Gibson ES335 online for about the same price, if not slightly less than an equivalent Murphy Lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's so let's tell the listeners because I thought that was actually a really good retort. So we were chat. I got an email from uh, one of the guitar shops uh, who that I subscribed to their their kind of newsletters and stuff they do. Um, and and it was entitled in the enticingly in the email <laughs> subject title Gibson Murphy lab stuff and I thought oh brilliant I can't wait to, to open this and just forward it to you irrespective of what's in there so it was all of the, their latest you know Gibson Murphy lab stuff that was that was there and coming or in stock or, or soon to be coming and, and it literally ran into the multiples of thousands of, of, of pounds for these guitars right and you sent me back an email quite quickly from a, another guitar shop that specialises in vintage and rare guitars mm-hmm. uh, so, so much so that they thought that was a good name to, for, for the guitar shop uh, which it is uh, and 
and said, well, look, here you go. I can spend the same money on an actual 1960s vintage guitar. And it was a super clean SG that you sent me. A Super uh, clean SG Junior. Not the same guitar as what we were looking at on the Murphy Lab. But no, my of point course. was, no. yeah. if you've yeah. got money to spend on a Murphy Lab, mm. then arguably what you're trying to buy is a really good um, replica of a vintage guitar. And what I was trying yeah. to say is you could buy an actual vintage guitar for the same yes. money. Yes, yes. So I think there's a really important point in there. And yeah. right, so so this this episode, which has I, uh, which clearly has no structure or, or, or agenda today, which I which I love, I absolutely love. But we're gonna weave we're gonna weave one in there is kind of reflections on on the last year because we've been doing this now for a year. I mean, you and I have been chatting about guitars and and, and other such nonsense for for, for many years. For many but, years. But, but but it's only been a year since we started <laughs> pressing record and releasing right. it, re- releasing our ramblings to the masses. And and thank you so much to all of you that that, that listen regularly. Um, but that's one of the reflections from this year uh, for me is that this is a really difficult area for other guitar manufacturers to break into. And I'm not sure how many other industries are plagued by this like longing and desire for, for the, for the, the old heritage side of it mm. as much as, as, as kind of, you know, people just get a little bit too hung up on the 1959 gear, the 60s gear from Fender yeah. and Gibson. And I, I'm one of those people. I don't get me wrong, but, mm. but that's one of the learnings for me from this year is there are so much stuff out there now that is just amazing and if you can get your head around the fact that it's not come out of gibson or fender Mm. uh you can really be delighted by some of the stuff that 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 you can purchase at a better price point and um yeah it's just 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 been a real eye-opener this last year as we've talked about different manufacturers different models of guitar what you can get for the money yeah it really has been an eye-opener i mean uh you know you know my feelings on the murphy lab we've just discussed that and i don't I, i don't mean it to be a disparaging kind of view of of what that kind of area of Gibson's output uh, as a manufacturer is I, I appreciate the skill and the and the technology that goes into creating these but you know for, for me when I break it down I can't I don't see it as any other way as the making fake vintage guitars in the same way that people used to fake vintage guitars back in the day you know I mean like Slash's mm. guitar was a, a fake you know 59 effectively wasn't it yeah so it's, it's that's you know and Gibson are effectively doing the same thing with their own brand. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and which is, you know, I just find it, I find it strange. And like I said, for me, the only thing is, if you want a real 59, you, the same website that I got those, um, that, that I sent you that link to a vintage Gibson SG Junior that was about three and a half thousand pounds, you know, going off like $5,000 for our US listeners. Um, they did have an actual 59 um, on 1960 Les Paul for sale, and that was on sale for 280 80,000 pounds. Wow. You know, so well over, you know, a quarter of a million dollars, well over, going on for half a million dollars, really. I'm surprised Joe Bonamassa hasn't snapped it up, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it looked fantastic. Um, <laughs> Next to all, all of the other ones that he's got. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, uh, but but that's that for me is when the Murphy Lab seems like good value because you know you can yeah. get something that looks exactly the same as that, and probably to a lot of people's eyes is identical for a fraction of that cost for ten thousand mm-hmm. pounds. But ten thousand pounds to me is still a lot of money to spend on something that isn't the real thing. So yeah, but it, but then, then it goes the like I don't know. But then do you buy these things for yourself or do you buy them to show to other people or I don't know because what's the first thing that someone who comes or your mate comes around for a beer and he goes uh, oh wow that's a beautiful looking guitar Mm. and if they know anything about guitars they'll go is that is that a a real 59 Mm. And you go, no, no, it's a Murphy Lab one. Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah. Okay. It's lovely. Yeah. Really nice. It's not the same. You're you're always, you're always going to have to say it's not a 59. It's not a real 59. Yeah. You're always going to have to say that it's not a real thing. Or if somebody comes around and they don't know anything about guitars, they're going to go, oh, look at that crappy beat up guitar in the corner that looks old and looks like it's had the Hoover run into it about 16 times. I'm going to pick that up and play it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm get my greasy pizza fingers all yeah. over it, and yeah. and nobody's going to mind. It's uh, yeah, know, stop that cost ten thousand pounds. That's it. <laughs> okay. it, cost it. One. Whereas you know, if you're <laughs> in your right mind and you just bought a Murphy Lab guitar, you're probably going to keep it in the case under the bed and and make sure nobody ever touches it because um, it's going to be Bizarre. an investment piece, really, isn't it? Bizarre. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel I feel now for the luthiers out there that are just producing some incredible stuff but hey look this is what this show exists for is that we showcase some of that and we talk about some of that um and the the patrick eggle stuff absolutely beautiful yeah well and also like we spoke about the other week i found myself um looking and just just spending time just spending time almost perfectly still stirring (laughs) some of some of james collins's stuff again Uh, on his website because yeah it just looks perfect i mean it's the exact opposite of that Murphy Lab guitar where it's meant to mm-hmm. look as old mm-hmm. as, as it can be. As his yes. stuff just looks so unbelievably pristine, like a new piano almost, you know, that kind of thing. It looks so um, so incredibly well made. Um, and, uh, you know, when there's things like that out there, go and spend your money with a, a local luthier who spent a year building something to absolute exactly. perfection. Exactly. You know, instead of buying a... You know, a, a fake 1960s ES335 that you can, you know, you could buy a real 1960s ES335 for the same money. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic conversation between Kieran and myself. However, if you've listened this far, you probably should go away and subscribe to the show so you don't miss another one. Go and do that now, and then let's get straight back to it. So that's 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 our, one of our first big learnings right, for this year is <laughs> yeah s- step away branch out do something do something uh, you know off the off the regular beaten track of, yeah. of guitar guitar lust uh, nice all right what else well another thing that I've been reflecting on um, yeah. Which, you know, and I've got to thank you for this. Um, and, and I hope there's many other listeners that are thanking you for the same thing, which is the home guitar setup revelation for me this year. The podcast we did right at the beginning of the year, um, I think back in February. And forgive me, I can't remember the exact episode numbers, but we did a two-part series of how to set up your guitar, the eight steps for mm-hmm. guitar setup mm-hmm. 101. Um, and since you've you've taken us through those steps, um, I've applied that to my guitar every time I've had to change the strings or every few times I've changed strings have gone through you know a deeper setup and for me it's been just nothing short of a revelation because the the comfort i have now playing guitar is something i haven't had for years you know battling with whether it's intonation or action or just a change in in small 
things that can be easily adjusted that I haven't had the confidence to adjust before. Mm. Fixing mm. things that need that you know need to be fixed or improving things slightly and having the confidence to do that. Uh, it's just it means that I've played guitar twice as much as I usually would. Oh, um, brilliant! Thanks to that. So on reflection, for me, you know, if there's anything anybody's taking away from the podcast we've done this year, and I know there's lots of things that we've discussed, but if you for any for any reason feel like your guitars aren't doing you justice and they need a little bit of bit of work, then go back again and listen to those podcasts about guitar setup 101 and just follow those steps because for me it's just been a complete and utter revelation. It's been mm. fantastic. Mm. Oh, that's it's great. That's lovely to hear, mate. And um, yeah, it's really nice to hear, hear you also say that these things are, are just, they're easily doable, right? They're, it's just it's just having the confidence to do it. And once you've crossed that bridge, you realise actually it's quite quite simple and yeah. quite easy and and, and and really rewarding. But uh, and it's and it's stuff that um, you'll you'll keep coming back to time and time again when something goes goes wrong with a guitar. You go, oh, well, I know, I know how to fix that now, and I know why it's um, why it's why it's behaving in that way. Yeah. So, Yes, mate. Well, look, the, the thanks is, is 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 both ways because uh, in the same way that you have gone down the the, the alleyway of guitar maintenance, <laughs> I fear I'm facing my demons on a, on a on a certainly weekly basis now with with guitar theory, and we've, we've spoken a lot about it. In fact, it was one of our most popular episodes earlier mm. on in the year, which um, which really helped springboard the, the podcast to a new audience. But um, we've talked a lot about guitar theory and opening up your playing just by learning some new things and you've you've certainly spent a lot of time on the podcast talking to me about uh you know intervallic playing and how to target notes and and you know the mm. basic principles of, of just getting back to grips with the major scale and and seeing what that can do for your playing so uh, mm. that certainly has been one of the the most enjoyable and still challenging things of the of the year for me is is actually making some progress and moving forward with with guitar theory and and yeah. seeing the ongoing importance of that in terms of pushing pushing my playing to the next level so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to more of that next year. Definitely, I've got a, I've got a taste for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I'm exactly the same. I, I feel like I'm um, I, I feel like I'm you know more inspired to think about those things and to understand mm. things more. And I, I think we all go through a stage as guitarists where we kind of see the music theory as like some kind of uphill battle or something that's not important. You know, I've learned to play this so far without needing it. Why do I need to understand yeah. music theory? <clears throat> but I think you know you. you I think when you try, you realise when you tie certain things up together, things of things that you hear and things that you you want to play and and music theory behind it. You start to realise that understanding theory more can only help you. It doesn't exactly. Get in the way. No, um, not at it's all. Important to learn to apply theory, but it's better to try and apply theory to the things you already can do but can't explain. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realise, okay, this is this is great. And I and and I, I should say one of the things I've also noted down for this year was just last week's episode with Richard Shaw Mm, and mm. he talked about something I've never heard before which is this and I think you know about it is four stages of knowledge is kind of being unconsciously incompetent Mm -hmm. and then being consciously incompetent then being consciously competent and then the last stage is being unconsciously competent Mm. and I kind of when I read about that kind of series you know those are the four stages of knowing something right from what I can understand like for example I'm unconsciously competent competent at speaking the English language because I don't have to really think about what I'm saying as I'm saying mm-hmm. it, it just kind of comes out because the thought mm-hmm. is all, un- it just uncon- I'm unconsciously competent, you know I'm consciously competent at playing blues <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, but I'm un- I'm consciously incompetent at sweet picking or opting to <laughs> or, you know playing really fast. Do you know what I mean? So I've, I've, yeah, I've gone. Yeah, this yeah. is great. I feel like I can really map out now yeah. that I understand how. Now that I understand how we learn and know things and apply things through those four stages, I can really map out where I am after all this time. You know, mm-hmm. which things I'm unconsciously competent at, which things I'm consciously competent at, which things I'm consciously incompetent at, and start going. I can position all these different things I want to learn and, and, and get better at and start getting the right things moving. So I yeah. feel really excited about having learned that from Richard and from you in our last episode. And actually going forward into next year, that's one of the things I really want to do with my practice is to really start mapping things out on that image of those four areas, you know, start mapping things out in terms of what am I best at and what do I need to work on the most and, and feel like I can start shuffling the right things forward. <laughs> Well, Stop that's the key point. Blues licks. I mean, yeah. that's exactly the key point you made there, which is shuffling the right things forward around yeah. that that kind of kind of matrix. Because you know, we spend a lot of our lives thinking, well, if that's the way to, that I need to do things, then maybe I should just be trying to push everything into that point where you know I'm either consciously competent or unconsciously competent at doing it, but to the point where it's it's just second nature. And then you, but if you try to do that with even even the, the discipline of playing guitar. You'll, you'll soon again get back into that rut that we talked about with with guests that we've had on the show where you just constantly feel like you know it's it's a it's a journey or a battle that you're losing irrespective of what standard of playing that you've got i think the beauty of that type of model is also being comfortable when you're happy to not care about how certain things are happening right so you know certain genres or certain certain bits of theory where you just go i'm not really sure how and why i'm doing that but actually i don't care that's okay i'm all right with that it doesn't matter enough to me to to want to spend the time i'm just happy just just being able to know what i want to know with that but actually there is this bit of of my playing where i do want to be more uh conscious of what exactly i'm doing to get the desired effect and then you can start to segment your playing and your practice into helpful kind of strategies rather than just feeling completely daunted by it and thinking well yeah none none of this makes sense and i've got to somehow figure out a way to get it into this this state where i just know everything that i'm doing and understand it fully and that's that's just not realistic it isn't is it and it's important as well to do to to do it for learning's sake as well that's something else Mm. that that is key that i think i've learned this year is i've enjoyed the process of learning things more than i've enjoyed achieving things i wanted to get better at Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so whether it's been learning a particular solo or lick or song or chord shapes or anything, anything that I've had to go, anything I've had to do to go from, you know, not knowing to knowing, it's been the journey between those two things that I've enjoyed, mm. not the achieving of the thing. Um, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah, It is weird, it's, but it's but it's great. I love having that kind of process, you know, like we, we said last week in our interview with Richard Shaw about the, the Will Smith learning how to build the wall <laughs> with his dad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he's saying yeah. that why do I why do I have to build this wall? And his dad is saying it's not about the wall; it's about the brick. It's about the brick. Learning to put the brick down. Life is all about putting the bricks down one by one. Yeah. Don't think about the wall; just think about the next brick. And I, I, and you know, it's been so important to me this week to to think about these things like that, and not to spend too much time kind of thinking about you know the bigger picture and thinking kind of you know these are all the huge things that I haven't done yet. These are all the things. After 20 odd years of playing guitar, I thought I might be better at now. Well, mm. don't think about that. Just think about the next brick. What's the next That's brick it. that I can put in, into place? 
because it's That's a wall it. that can it can it'll never be finished. It's, it's an everyone's building their own wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. So it's it's just been it's just been you know that's been a really key thing for me this year. We've talked about so many things, but it's funny that it's the most recent episode we did that I find you know has been yeah. the most rewarding almost. But yeah, so that I mean that I love that philosophy about the kind of you know the journey and 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 enjoying it as well and and, and yeah. all of that. Um, and it's not necessarily about a complete revolution, but evolutionary steps and things. But having said that, you, my friend, have been on a massive uh, revolution this year. <laughs> You woke up one day and decided to sell everything and <laughs> and turn your whole rig digital. Yeah, I did. I did, and I'm happy that I did that. I, I still done that. I still see it as as justified. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that I'll never have you know um, an analog setup again. I know I will at some point for sure. I want you know I want to still have um, the ability to rock up to a jam night with a, a Fender Blues Junior in my hand and and mm. maybe mm. one of those small pedal boards we made Indeed. in that 300 pound pedal challenge you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah that has been you're right I, I i don't think i've really taken the time to appreciate how much of a turn that was in my approach and and i was worried i gotta say i was worried the first gig that i did i, I remember going to the gig and thinking is this really going to work the way i want it to yeah. work am i really going to be able to hear it that well um, are these sounds really going to stand up in a band situation? Because I've only played them at home in my headphones mm. in isolation. I'm sure they sound great, but are they going to cut through? I'm going to have to spend time EQing. So I was worried in it and it, and it kind of, um, I was glad it came together in, in mm-hmm. the end in the mm-hmm. gig. It did sound great. I had some great comments from the other guys in the band. The other guitar, the other guitarist in the band was a guy called, uh, Nick Atkinson, whose, whose wife is a, a lady called Cat Eaton, who's, who's a, you know, like a blues and soul singer, great mm. artist who's talking at the moment and um and he's uh, you know very he's the complete opposite he's a very he's got gibson 335 he's going into a very limited pedal board with you know the pedals he had a very classic style kind of things you know tremolo mm. and fuzz and he's going into a, a fender deluxe amplifier so the exact opposite kind of rig as me I and mean, even afterwards he came over and commented on 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 the sounds from the helix and this eight inch frfr speaker that i have basically a tiny and he just said afterwards that's an eight inch speaker yeah, and you couldn't believe it. And neither could I. Couldn't believe Amazing. you could get that kind of sound from an eight inch um, PA speaker effectively. Um, mm-hmm. So that has been quite something. Uh- <laughs> bizarre you know because I, I, I remember being in roadrunner with you when you were doing the same kind of thing you know yeah. you had the line six stuff uh going through the marshall and i just remember thinking i've never heard line six stuff sound that good even then you know it's like what you were playing sounded fantastic through that marshall um and through the line six stuff with the variax yeah because so i've always known at the back of my head that it that it can work it can work i mean i was only ever using that marshall as a as a as a power amp yeah. really i was i was going straight into the effects return bypassing all the preamp stuff and just using it for the um <clears throat> for the amplification stage really um and i just lugged it around because i like the marshall logo and i thought it looked cool but there was there was no it was adding no coloration to the set it was literally they, that pedal board was doing everything cab simulation yeah. speaker yeah. simulation all the effects <laughs> the very acts was emulating various different guitars yeah. it was like the fate and the, the weird thing is is i just felt like like no no one knew right no one knew and having your endorsement of the fact that it sounded good was one mm. of the first lessons in life which is in a band context if within the mix 
it sounds good, then then it is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's you can't you can't get you can't get away from that. And I think now as people are realizing as the as modeling technology and all of that has become really, really, you know, incredible, people are just realizing actually there there shouldn't be any snobbery towards it. And, mm. and uh, you know, back in those days, even still with the Line Six stuff, I still felt like a massive fake, and uh, just because it was just it was emulating everything. But you know, that's where you got to trust your ears and go. Yeah. Well, if this sounds good and if it's giving me the results that I need, then then brilliant. And um, you know, nowadays, fast forward another whatever it is, half a decade to to the Helix stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's so much more powerful and uh, credible in in what it. And what it's producing in terms of sound it's absolutely amazing. and and to be fair to i mean we, sh- we should say the helix stuff isn't even really you know the superlative product mm-hmm. in that kind of area of technology right i mean it's fantastic yeah. a lot of pro musicians use line six mm-hmm. helix stuff but really the the pro pro musicians out there that are using modeling are using like fractal axe fx stuff yeah. and you know the neural dsp quad cortex which those mm-hmm. two um you know really leave the helix stuff for dust in terms of DSP capability and quality mm. of mm. sounds, um, you know, and you can't really, if you can't tell the difference between Helix and the real thing, you're not going to tell the difference with <laughs> exactly. the fractal and the neural DSP stuff. So the technology now is, you know, the, the, there's less argument now for saying, well, there's nothing better than the real thing. Well, mm. you know, it's context, you know, you yes. put it into context. If you're in the room with a, you know, with an expensive, you know, handmade or hand-wired boutique amplifier from somebody like Dennis Cornell and you're playing a beautiful guitar and it's a great sounding room there's an experience added into that sound that makes it mm. feel like it's the greatest thing ever because you're experiencing yeah. it but in the context of let's say a recording or a live event or something like that I don't think I don't think that there's room for comparison anymore I think I think the digital stuff brings so much to the table in terms of convenience and quality that I don't think it's any more justification I don't think it's justified anymore to say well it's better to have a real amp I right. think that just adds less convenience to the situation and I don't think you get the benefit of it any, as much you know I think the, the situations where you get the benefit of the real analog gear are a few and far between now compared to what you get from digital that's my view of it so one of the things that was always remarked upon above and beyond the kind of sound as an audience member or even indeed the person playing was also the feel from a guitarist perspective right you know touch dynamics touch sensitivity the feel that you're playing something modeled versus like truly analog how have you found that with with, with the helix it, it, does it does it feel like you're playing something uh, like a, like a, well does it feel like you're not not playing the real deal is it a different experience does or does that not even go through your well, mind as you as you're playing it does, well so there's there is absolutely no noticeable latency right from from what i'm playing so there's nothing that seems to change. We guitarists, we often talk about things that maybe to the uninitiated would seem strange. Like I know you as a guitarist will understand what I mean about how sometimes you can feel under your fingers the difference in mm. sound. Right. That's exactly what I'm trying to trying yeah. to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, like like even even with your setup now, you, your guitar will 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 physically feel different when you might mm-hmm. stand on an effects pedal that makes mm-hmm. you. There is something about the sound that your your rig makes that can literally make the guitar feel different under your fingers. Exactly. Um, right. I still get that with the Helix. I, I definitely still get that. So so that must mean it's nothing to do with her being moved in the room because most of the yeah. time I'm playing my Helix, except for the gig, I'm 
I'm on headphones, right? Mm-hmm. So the latency is not an issue. The quality of the tone is not an issue either. So for me, for me, the experience is just utterly fantastic. So That's I think if, if you're a guitarist that has a long history of listening to and experiencing your guitar sounds in a room through fantastic equipment, like you know, brilliant Fender and Vox and Marshall amps, and loud volumes and the best tones, and you've been used to that for years, this is going to be an alien experience for you. It's going to feel different. I think you know it's going to be something you have to spend time getting used to, but not for me. Mm. For me, it's mm. just immediately it's felt fantastic to play through it. Oh, well, I mean, look, I'm so glad it came it came good for you, mate. And I think, um, you know, I think this is this is one of those instances where you just you bite the bullet and you go for it and you have, and it's it's come back to reward you. And I yeah. think that's, I think, I think that's great. And and brilliant for a listening audience to kind of have, have somebody like you go through that journey. And if they're wondering, well, should I do it? Should I not? Yeah. I think, I think, I think there's at least another a bit of evidence that says, yeah, go for it. It, it works. It works yeah. for you. And also there's also, as we said before, there's the technological um, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The technological advantages that having that stuff brings to the mm. table outside mm. of just mm. the sounds. Now we had Rory Harvey on the show this year and, and Rory's a fantastic musician, somebody that, that we've known for a long time. Um, and he's been really helpful in helping me get used to the digital modeling side of things and, and some of the tips, you know, and getting things sounding good. And, um, he sent me a video the other week of, of, of him, basically he's demonstrating the extreme wizardry that he has in this kind of stuff, right? So he's set up a rig <laughs> where he's got his charts for particular songs set up on a set list on his iPad and he mm-hmm. controls that iPad with a, a Bluetooth foot pedal. Yeah. He's now managed to get it set up so that uh, using MIDI from the iPad, when he can now assign patches on his Helix to songs <laughs> on his set list. No. Um, so all he has to do is select the song on his iPad, the chart for that song comes up for the gig and now he's, 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 he's Helix is in the preset for that song, and all he's done is select the song. You just you can't do that with can't do that with a you know an old Fender Deluxe. <laughs> Obviously, you can't do that with your. But this is what I mean about the the power of yeah. this kind of technology. It's now it's mm-hmm. not just about the sound. It's about the possibilities it brings to you in terms of convenience as a professional musician. Mm-hmm. So whatever you lose in your experience, if you feel you lose anything in your experience, there's a hell of a lot more to be gained in convenience and, and mm-hmm. you know time spent making music. So I will leave it there for for our listeners to go away and think about. If you're thinking of getting digital kit and you're worried about the experience of playing digital stuff against analog, think about what else you gain other than just the sound of things. Yeah, wise words, wise words. So what? So we're on the we're on, we're about to go into 2022, mate. Yeah, it's, I know. Uh, it's it's it, it's it, we're on the verge of it. So, do you set, do you do New Year's resolutions? Do you do you make a uh, promise to yourself at the beginning of the year? Not about in a very stuffing? formal way. Not in a formal no. way. Just but, in a kind of it, it, it is very natural to kind of think about it as a new year and a new start for things. So, yeah, yeah. I guess we do try and leave certain things behind and and uh, and stuff. But um, have you been thinking about next year and about things that you want to do or achieve guitar wise, music wise, or anything really? Uh, oh, every year I set some sort of. Re- <laughs> New Year's resolution. I, mean, I think last, last January I, I, I turned vegan for a month and uh, yeah, that, that didn't last. It was never intended to be a... It was never intended to last. No. I, I'm, a, I'm an out-and-out carnivore. Uh, but uh, I must say, I did enjoy that. And, you know, January always brings the, 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 the annual renewal of the gym membership, which, which lasts probably till the end of the month and then, <laughs> and then gathers, gathers dust. But uh, yeah. 
But guitar-wise, look, I hear, I feel we've been making little miniature resolutions all the way throughout the year, which is yeah. which, which is which has been brilliant, and which is why one that's one of the the great things that's come from from setting up this podcast and doing this with you is that it's um it, it's you know we we've set each other challenges, we've encouraged each other to do stuff, and supported each other throughout the mm. different things that we've been doing. So, you know, look, I guess I guess next year is going to be a, a, a bit more of the same, really, but things that have come out of this year that I'm going to definitely take into next year is uh, as well as the the ongoing, you know, keeping up with trying to learn bits more music theory and not getting frustrated by it and taking it at my own pace. Getting back out and gigging has been a wonderful thing from this year that I'm going to be taking through to next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed the last kind of six months playing uh, and although the, the band hasn't hasn't worked out in the way that I that I wanted it to, um, certainly getting out and playing with with some different bands next year is going to be really really good. I've already got I've already got a gig booked for June, so that's Seriously? good. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I got to, someone someone heard that I wasn't gigging with that band anymore and said, oh, well, would you be interested in doing some depth work for for this band? So I might have a regular depth slot for another Excellent. band, which is which is brilliant. And I've already got a gig booked for June with them, which is which is nice. But just to do more of that and get back out there and playing live, I think is has been has been wonderful so yeah my resolution is to not let that um and you know all of the the frustrations that we're all facing with covid and things obviously be safe be sensible you know do it in the right way that's comfortable and 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 safe for everyone around you but yeah being able to be out there and playing again is is definitely one of those things that i'm going to take into into next year um and you know keep bringing back some of those war stories from from gigging and playing live to, to, to the guitar smarts audience. Cause that's, that's <laughs> kind of what, it, that's kind of what we're all about. So yeah, that's kind of, that's what I'm looking forward to. It would have been very easy for me to, to say, okay, I've done, done six months again, gigging during COVID and yeah, it was, it was challenging and it, and it, and it was exciting and it was also exhausting, but that's fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to hang that up again now until things are back to normal, but no, I'm going to keep going Going to keep going with that. That's, that's the new year's resolution. Fantastic. I think that's great. I think hopefully next year there's plenty of opportunity for more gigging mm. and, you know, we mm. don't fall back down into another lockdown state. I'm sure that won't happen, but you know, positivity is a good thing. I think, you know, I'm, I'm taking a lot of positivity into next year as well. You know, for me, my next year for me is about, from a guitar perspective, it's about practicing harder, being, mm. being, I feel like I'm taking into the new year a lot of motivation and momentum in becoming a better guitarist. Um, and I want to really try and continue that and maintain that momentum. I'm really enjoying feeling like a learner guitarist again. Um, mm. Like we said earlier on, I'm really enjoying looking at the things that I can't do and trying to make minimal gains, you know, putting those bricks down. Mm. But also, next year is a big year for me because I turn 40 next year in mm. October and um, that means I'm getting a new guitar <laughs> <laughs> yes that it does I'm going to get myself you know uh, well, I'm going to get myself a new guitar next year because I don't treat myself to these things you haven't experienced this in me we've talked we've talked quite a lot uh-huh, uh-huh. about doing a guitar safari with the podcast and, and I yes. have said that I want to do that but I I'm secretly nervous as well because I don't think I'm not a very good person to be around in guitar stories <laughs> I'm not because I get very frustrated very quickly and want to leave. 
<laughs> I, you know, it's kind of like I got to look around at all these things and go, you know, there's no point in me being here. I can't have any of them. It's not. It's unfair. <laughs> and I want. I want to. I want to. You know, it's it's like some form of torture. But I need to get through it. You know, you do need to get through it. And, and and now we have uh, now we have a reason to do that because I'm the same, right? I, no, I'm not the same. But I there is there is part of me that kind of goes to a guitar shop and goes, well, while we're here, we might as well buy something, <laughs> right? And so because we've come yeah. all this way, right? So we might as well buy something. So it's the it's the other side of the addiction, yeah. which is uh, so I think there'll be a nice and uh, there'll be a yin and a yang going on in there where we, where we might so. find some perfect balance in the middle, which is good. Uh, yeah. That's one thing. But now we have the perfect excuse, which is we're doing this for our audience members out there listening globally mm. uh, to go and not necessarily buy things for ourselves or feel guilty about not being able to or wanting to buy stuff and then not not buying it or whatever, any of that. We are literally going for reconnaissance. That is our yeah, mission. No. And we are going to, <laughs> to, to find examples of things that uh, we would like to recommend uh, to our to our audience to try out. And uh, and, if, and if we if we get something for ourselves, we get something for ourselves. If we don't, we don't. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> what will uh, be will be. What will but, be will be exactly. But the, but yeah, I guess going into next year, I feel like I've got I've got more reason to uh, to let myself enjoy it a bit more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, one of the other things I'm I'm toying with the idea of separate to that is potentially trying to find a guitar for a restoration project you know Ooh. whether that's like a guitar project on on ebay something like who knows yeah. what it could be like something like a you know an old strat or a parts cast or something that just needs a bit of love and attention and maybe trying to get something and going this can be a bit of a project over the next couple of years you know maybe over time to try and build something unique that needs restoring that maybe has a bit of a story behind it who knows i don't know i love the idea of oh i like that yeah oh, i really like the idea of that yeah i thought you we could get it <laughs> yeah we could do that we could also get some kit guitars couldn't we and we get uh, some kit guitars yeah absolutely and try and build and just uh, and, and build them. Process. We could we could we could um, we could take some votes with the guitar smarts audience. Yeah. What we should do with them? Like, should, should we put these pickups in them? Should we paint it That's this it. color? Should we should we put a, should we put this on it? Yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? It's a good idea. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe right. maybe it's a good idea now. But when we're putting <laughs> you know EMGs into a into a, you know, electric pink. into a ukulele, <laughs> you get into an electric pink ukulele, we'll think twice. Thanks dear listeners <laughs> be one of a kind be one of a kind and uh, we could cryogenically freeze it and painstakingly uh, take a razor blade to it to, to put yeah. some genuine lacquer cracking in it and then we could call it the the guitar smarts lab um, there you know, we go we'll one of a kind we'll call it the Murphy we'll call it the Murphy we'll call it the Murphy half a million half a million pounds yeah. <laughs> just bargain um I have one last um, resolution as well. And yes. this came out of a, a podcast we did a few months back where we were talking about, do people make albums anymore? Mm. Um, and listening to music. And um, I, I had the realisation when we were doing that podcast that I can't remember the last time I sat down to listen to music for the sake of listening to music. Mm-hmm. I listen to music when I'm in the car. So I'm driving. I listen yeah. to music when I'm working at home, and I'm not if I'm not in calls and I'm working on documentation or anything like that. And in my day, as part of my day job, I write a lot of documentation in my day job. And if I'm working, I, that's when I'm listening to music. But I'm working, so I, I'm I never ever anymore sit down to to just listen to music like I used to when 
I was mm. a lot younger before the yeah. internet, before before smartphones, before all these other yeah. things that distract. And used to sit down, you know, in the living room with the with my headphones on and put a CD on the stereo system. You know, and sometimes mm. my dad would tell me to turn it down because it's too loud, which it always was too loud. You know, so <laughs> but I I I was sat, you know, at that point in my life listening to music, and I was completely focused on what I was listening to. Yeah. So I've said to myself that I want to dedicate at least one hour every week in the year ahead to listening to music and doing absolutely nothing else whilst I'm listening to music in that hour mm-hmm. and choosing mm-hmm. something to, to listen to, um, putting an album on. It almost certainly will always be an album because I'll want to put that album on and whether it's on Spotify or something, whatever I'm listening to it on, whether it's a, my phone or the laptop, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to put the music on and I'm going to step away. I'm going to go and sit down somewhere and I'm going to sit and just enjoy listening to music without any other distraction. I think that's something I really want to get back into. I miss that. You know, that's such a that's such a really uh, coincidental uh, resolution because um, I've been doing something similar over the last couple, only couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and and exactly as you described, mate. I used to do this all the time, and then life and distractions get in the way, yeah. and um, I just found myself not really being interested that much on i think i'd completed netflix and amazon prime video <laughs> and every other streaming service i've watched netflix. everything there is to watch completed <laughs> done done to completed it mate done <laughs> completed it twice i mean it's literally like oh I, I, I cannot i don't know what happened a couple of weeks ago but i was just like doing the the never-ending cycling through you know trying to find something to watch and i thought i can't i can't do this anymore so i just turned it off and then for the last two weeks i've just been listening to music in the evening and yeah. my god wow just mm. yeah um well i've got some playlists that i've been building in spotify just for that for that purpose and i'll and i'll share them with you and, and yeah we can we can chat about that but it, it all came from this podcast and chatting to you about music and stuff that yeah. i'd realized i hadn't listened to that you were recommending to me yeah uh, and saying oh if you haven't listened to this go and listen to this and so i've been doing that and in the process realize that I'm, I just like sitting and listening to music in the evening when rather than watching TV on, on some nights and it's and it's wonderful it's really really lovely to do that mm. so yeah definitely go for that mate and um, Spotify have clearly been listening to the Guitar Smarts podcast because in the last month uh, and this had nothing to do with Adele <laughs> and the release of her new album and her lobbying Spotify but everything to do with us I'm sure they've removed the um, shuffle function on albums now on Spotify so you can obviously select a track if you wish to listen to an individual track but if you just press play on an album it now plays in the sequential order that the artist put the songs in i.e the composition of the album and i think that's just a really small lovely step backwards but in some ways like for the better yeah yeah i agree entirely not everything should be shuffled i think there's an important (laughs) thing about um the artist's intention should be should be there right i mean exactly. many moons ago when i used to work in cinema engineering and we used to mm. go to cinemas and set up cinema sound systems and things yeah. um i remember um one of the first times i did that working with an engineer and, and he was using a you know a measurement microphone to test mm-hmm. the response of the room you know the auditorium mm. a lot of people might not realize this but when they're setting up sound systems they they spend hours making sure that the audio response in the room um, through the eq is completely 
completely and utterly flat, you know, yes. so you're not boosting anything in the room. Or if the room naturally boosts things at, say, 800 hertz, mm-hmm. then we bring mm-hmm. that down in the EQ. And um, I always thought, oh, maybe it's for sound quality or maybe it's for, you know, just making sure things sound even or we just get rid of issues. And the engineer I was working with made it very clear that it's because the cinemas take the intention of the producer and the studio that produces that film seriously such that if the room has a complete flat response, then you hear what that person has intended you to hear when they've edited, edited it in the editing suites and things. Mm-hmm. And I think that, sh- that should be thought about as well when we listen to albums and we listen to music. Mm-hmm. That, that artist has intended for you to hear something a particular way. And I think the order of play of those tracks is something that they think about as well. I think it's great that, that that's something that Adele has kind of vouched for and has asked Spotify mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think maybe we don't realise how important that is in the message that we get from the music. You know? Totally. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Really, really good. Well, mate. There we go. I think, I think it is time to, uh, to, to get ourselves <laughs> ready for our New Year's resolutions. And uh, it is. I, hey, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to another year of recording this podcast with you, mate. It's been an incredible year. Um, yeah. I'm so grateful for all the listeners that are following us and that are listening to us regularly across the, across the globe. Um, it's an absolute privilege uh, that you, you guys listen in and, yeah. um, you know, feel free to get in touch with us as, as many of you have. We always love, love hearing from you. And yeah, I can't wait to record some more shows with you next year buddy and get get, get you in get you into a guitar shop and make you feel incredibly uncomfortable i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know you can't you're absolutely right i know you can't wait <laughs> one thing let's as go well. tomorrow yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing as well i think is because obviously we'll be back in the new year this is going to be the last show of 2021 but we should we should thank uh, I want to th- uh, thank from both of us, Andy Rudd, um, yeah. Damien Lodrick, Matt Lake, yeah. um, uh, Damien Lodrick we've had on a couple of times, Matt Long, great blues guitarist, uh, Richard Shaw, of course. Mm. Oh, who else have we had on as guests? I think Rory. Rory yeah, Harvey, Rory of well. course. I did say Rory, yeah. of course. Session legend, future session legend, Rory Harvey. Um, all the, everyone who's who's kind of contributed mm. to, to the show, if you've commented on anything on social media or if you've emailed us around anything or if you just let us know that you're listening didn't we have didn't you have a guy who was a trucker somewhere um messages um i can't remember you, i'm sure you told me that you had a message from someone who was he was like a, a long distance driver who's really loving binging on on her podcast messages yeah, like ray. that make my ray. day yeah like, really. absolutely big big shout out to ray yeah absolutely <laughs> um but we get we get messages from 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 all across yeah. uh, our listening audience and um yeah it's just so lovely to hear about about people and their own journeys and what they're doing and and if some of the stuff we talk about resonates with them that's that makes it all the worthwhile for us so absolutely yeah yeah so more of that next year looking forward to it buddy absolutely mate absolutely uh take care have a have a brilliant brilliant time with the family and um i'll speak to you speak to you in 2022 mate you too mate merry christmas all the best buddy i'll speak to you soon cheers pal (laughs) bye mate take care mate ta-da Thanks so much for listening in this week. I hope you've really enjoyed the show. Just one last moment to say Merry Christmas to you all. Hope you have a fantastic new year uh, and we'll see you again in 2022. Take care.